Good morning. Now, some of you may have come this morning expecting to hear from Chris Couples, the region director for um, Ireland, Scotland and Wales. But unfortunately, Chris is not well, so he sends his apologies and you've got me instead. So I hope that's okay. Uh, So yes, I'm Alison Flanagan. And just a little bit about myself um, and my journey with CAP. I first uh, became aware of CAP back in about 1998 when I was living over in England and the church I attended was one of the first CAP debt centres to open in the UK. Came back to Northern Ireland and nobody had ever heard of CAP um, because we moved back in 2007 and uh, CAP didn't come across here to the first centre until 2009. But in 2009, um, in the autumn of that year, there were four centres opened and one of them was Dungannon and that was uh, the church that I was a part of. So I became a debt coach with CAP back in 2009. And then in 2013, my debt centre manager moved to Canada to um, start CAP up over there with one of the folk from head office. And I became centre manager then in 2013. And then I became area manager in 2014. Uh, So I've uh, really, CAP is my life. I'm a CAP money coach as well. And I do this kind of thing occasionally too. So that's a little bit about who I am. One of the things I just wanted to mention to you before we um, we go on to the, the talk is just if you are interested in finding a little bit out about um, the story of CAP, the story behind CAP, John Kirkby's story, we have some of these books available for you just as you came through the door. So please, if you would like one of those, come and see us at the end. Ali, myself and Winston will be there. So that's Nevertheless. And the, it's called Nevertheless because it's that sense of sometimes we get knocked back, but nevertheless, with God's strength, we get back on our feet and we keep going. And that was very much John's story and so often can be the story of our lives as well. But yes, if you'd like that, come and see us at the end. This morning, I want us to think about um, God and his word and how, if we take it seriously, the demands that it makes on our lives um, to make space for the poor, to make space for the poor in our thinking and our theology, in our treasure and in our time and at our table. And I pray that at the end of this morning that your hearts are moved, moved by the God of compassion to care more about the poor, the broken, the hurting that we've already heard about, the marginalized, the vulnerable, something we should all be doing anyway, to be generous givers and share our resources with the poor, And I pray that if you don't already, that you would consider supporting the nationwide work of CAP with your monthly uh, regular gift. And finally, to act on behalf of the poor, to include them in your hospitality, (coughs) your time and your lives. And that's exactly what's going to happen here through the life skills group that's going to be meeting here in Balnehinch with Ali and Lorna and the team that um, they're building around them. So how do we make space in our theology and our thinking? For those who are broken, hurting, fearful, on the edge, poor. And that doesn't have to be poor financially. It can be people who are broken emotionally, mentally, spiritually. God's love and compassion for the poor and also his challenge to us to care for the marginalized is a constant thread weaved throughout scripture right from the law to the prophets, from the Psalms to the Apostle Paul, God is constantly urging us to care for, to speak up for, and to make space for the poor, 
people who are struggling to survive emotionally and spiritually with no voice and no influence or power in our society. If you just looked and saw how often this is mentioned in scripture, you'd know that God knew that he was going to have to constantly remind us of our duty in this. Just like any parent, he knew that we would need instruction and that we'd have to be kept being urged to take the difficult path, to do the right thing, to put aside our own needs and to think of others. But we can only do the right things if we think the right things. Behavior flows out of belief. In Romans 12, we're told, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So today, let God's word renew our minds as we look at just a few of the God-given challenges to make space for the poor in our thinking and our theology. The Psalms, Proverbs, and Prophets consistently inspire and challenge us to care for the poor. In Psalm 82, we read, defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor, and the oppressed. Proverbs 21:23 says, whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. And then this theme is carried on again in that really familiar passage, Isaiah 58, when God says, you cannot fast as you do and expect your voice to be heard on high. See, the Israelites weren't living the lives that reflected God. They weren't living lives that reflected his heart of compassion and care for the poor. So they're praying, their quiet times, their fasting were ignored. And God says, this is what I want you to do. This is what believing in me really looks like. Do this and then I will listen to you. And in verses six and seven of that passage, he says, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? Then you will call on me and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. And it should come as no surprise at all then that just a couple of chapters later that Jesus chose those words to announce his ministry and mission in Isaiah 61. In his inaugural speech, a summary of what his mission and purpose were all about. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. As his followers, as Jesus' children, we need to ask ourselves, is his mission our mission? Is the purpose of his life the purpose of our lives too? To proclaim good news to the poor. Because it's not enough just to come to church to pray and do the right things without actually looking after the poor, without looking out for others. When God was setting out the law for how his people should live, he made it very clear then as well that he wanted us to make space for the poor in our treasure. So not just our thinking, but our income and what we own. In Leviticus 19 verses 9 and 10, it says, When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field. 
or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. God spoke this instruction into an agricultural society and I've already had a conversation with Mervyn this morning about um, being a farmer. And actually many of you are probably still from an agriculture background, but for many people that's just not what it is anymore. So we have to find another way of applying those principles in our lives. But what God was saying was don't consume all your produce and keep all your wealth to yourself. Don't go right to the edge of your financial field, reaping it all for yourself. Leave some space in the edges of what you earn to, to care for the poor. So what out of your total income are you giving to others? Are you making space in your finances and in your life for those who are on the edges, for those who are struggling, as we say, emotionally, mentally, financially? Make sure you have a plan in place to provide for the poor in your income. You see, God wanted a certain behavior to care for the poor, to care for the broken and the marginalized. He gave them a system to do it, to leave a certain amount of the field unpicked so that the poor could gather the food. And that may not work in this context anymore, but we can set aside some of our income to make sp space in our treasures. So today we have a wonderful system of standing orders and direct debits instead. But we're making space for the poor in our thinking and our treasure. But I wonder, is that enough? See, personally, I think that making space in our time is actually the biggest challenge. You know, Winston's told us about those living in fear, those who are hurting. And sometimes people don't want to open the door or answer the phone because they are fearful. And that's maybe not just because of finance, but because of broken relationship, because of family breakdown, because of abuse. There are all sorts of things. And when we go to someone's door, we are strangers in that moment until a friendship and relationship is built. And you can imagine if you are in that situation, a stranger turned up at your door, it's not easy. And so we want to build into their lives. We want to sow into their lives. We want to, to change and see things completely being turned around for those families and those individuals so that they can experience something different in life. And sometimes setting that, side that time aside can be really difficult in our busy society. We talk about being time poor, and that's what it is like sometimes. But we don't do this for the short term. This isn't a quick fix. We want to stand alongside people, not just in the debt centers, but through life skills. We want to be there in the long term. You know, true compassion calls for action. And that's exactly what we see in the parable of the Good Samaritan as well. The Samaritan not only gave of his money and his income to the poor guy that was beaten up at the side of the road, but he got involved with his time. He was on a business trip. He could have just gone on past. He had places to go and people to see, yet he stopped and he got involved. He got involved in the mess. He was prepared to be delayed. He gave his time. And Jesus calls us to make time at our, and space at our table as well. In Luke chapter 14, verse 12, we read, Then Jesus said to his host, 
When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or your sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors, because they may invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Jesus is quite clear in this passage. We're not simply to be friends with those who are like us. We're meant to include the vulnerable and the marginalized, the hurting, the poor, in our time and around our table. But what if we don't really know anybody that fits into that category? What if nobody like that is coming to this church? Maybe you say, well, how can we do that? And that's exactly where CAP steps in. Opening a CAP service is all about connecting God's people, his church, to the people who are hurting and broken in our communities. People who we may not have (coughs) met yet. And this is where your CAP Life Skills Group is going to step in. If you've been there yourself, you know that life on a low income is not easy. In fact, it can be exceptionally difficult. Making decisions about what to buy, what to eat, where to go, what can we afford? Those decisions can be grueling. Trying to live in a small means can be such a source of stress and tension within a family. And it puts relationships under real strain. And we know that. 69% of folk are going to see their GP because of the stress they feel because of the financial stress and pressures that they are under, relationships breaking down. Small problems quickly become big ones. Wrong choices can have such a major impact because maybe there's not the resilience um, for those wrong choices. Resources, just managing them daily can just be such challenges. But CAP Life Skills is about empowering people to make better choices giving people the confidence and decision-making skills to improve their lives. And right across the UK, we are running CAP Life Skills Groups to reach out to those in most need and show them a new hope and a new future. And we do this through an eight-week course. It's through one-to-one coaching and just creating a loving environment. So everybody that comes gets a, a, a booklet to work through that helps and guides them. They take this home with them as well so that if there's things that came up in the group that they can't quite remember what it was, it's all in here and the guys will be following this and it's just a fantastic tool for folk to use. But most of all, it's about showing the love of Jesus and letting people experience his love and compassion as they walk through the doors. We have life skills groups across Northern Ireland and over in Banbridge, Alison Adams opens the doors on a Friday morning. And while it's an eight-week course, her courses run over several months because they've just discovered how important it is to build a relationship. And when they open the doors, they could be opening the doors to a group of 14, maybe 22 people every Friday morning, some who they have never met before and others who they are building relationship and friendship with. They are stepping out in faith to provide a real response to the needs of their community. And that's exactly what you're going to be doing here as well. Each week creating a relaxing and welcoming environment to meet with wonderful hospitality. You know the kind of place where someone remembers your name and you get a lovely cup of tea and a bun because in Northern Ireland nothing happens without a (laughs) wee cup of tea and a bun. 
And you know, I've had the privilege of going around some of the groups that are already running. And to go to that group, and as people come in, sitting having a cup of tea, and somebody just, they're, they're preparing for a meal later on, and somebody just picks up a, a peeler and starts peeling the carrots, and asking, what way do you want me to cut these? Do you want them diced or whatever? But people actually start getting involved before they even realize that they're becoming part of the group. It's just happening. And it is just incredible to see those things happening around the country. And I know that will be happening here as well. So those, these are the kind of places where you feel wanted, feel valued and feel loved. Because the reality is, do not underestimate the loneliness and isolation that exists here in our communities. It is overwhelming and it is on your doorsteps. And such a difference can be made simply by having that welcoming environment, a place to be. And we know through our debt centres as well, many people regularly miss meals. And so coming somewhere like a life skills group can be incredible because actually you are getting maybe something to eat. And don't underestimate the value of having a cup of tea and coffee when you arrive on a Sunday morning. Because actually for some folk, that's that first drink that they'll have had that day because they maybe haven't been able to afford to have their breakfast. So don't ever underestimate those small things. So CAP Life Skills, the local church is exactly where people should belong. So after those initial refreshments, the group go through their eight-week course. And that could be a single mum, a man who was made redundant, a couple on benefits, a recently widowed man, a student. It's just a whole mix of people who come together to do the course. People who may not otherwise meet but people who have so much in common and so much to share with one another. You see, there is power in learning together. People experiencing the same difficulties as you, just seeing somebody else succeed, you think, do you know what? I can do this too. It's a practical and fun course that looks at money management, healthy eating, healthy relationships, looking at various things like needs versus wants, saving, cooking, anger, and forgiveness. A course that provides people with tools and encouragements to make changes to their lives for the better. And the course is uh, delivered by our amazing life skills coaches who volunteer their time and uh, week by week, just offering support to the local community. But as well as the course, people get the chance to spend time one-to-one, if that's what they want, with Ali or with Lorna, to chat, to be listened to, to set goals, to build relationships and to experience the love and care and hear about a God who knows them and loves them. (coughs) I attended one of the other groups that were running um, elsewhere in Northern Ireland and there was a young guy who'd been coming along every week and they had a meal as part of their group every week. And when it would get to that part of the time, he would just go home because he had struggled for years being able to eat in front of people. He just couldn't do it. And it was having a major impact on his life, just um, socializing because he couldn't be in that environment. But at the end of the eight weeks, he was able to stay to help prepare the meal and eat the meal because it was a safe, caring, non-judgmental environment. So he began to see his life utterly changed simply through that one thing. So many more doors were open to him, even going out for coffee with friends, which he hadn't done for years. 
And those might seem like small things to us, but in someone's life who's been trapped, that is absolutely incredible. And we just long to hear those stories of lives being transformed through this group as well. You know, we've been totally blown away by what Life Skills is doing right across the UK, but here in Northern Ireland as well. Lives being utterly transformed. So before we just introduce you to the team, I want to just um, take a few minutes and we're going to watch a little video that lets you see a little bit more about the impact that your life skills group is going to have on your community. And honestly, it is, uh, it's going to be exciting, the stories that we will hear coming from here. Before life skills, I was sort of on a, on a road to nowhere. I didn't really have a purpose. I'd sort of hit a brick wall, it felt like, and I was just standing there and I didn't know where to go. There was literally nowhere to go. It was just a brick wall. And um, I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like a failure in life. I've suffered with obsessive compulsive disorder from the age of about nine. Um, it was so... It was so bad when I was a kid, cause, um, just because there was certain things in my life that I couldn't control. But yeah, I'd seen some really crazy stuff growing up as a, as a kid, just being in that sort of um, environment, like just CID, just raiding the house, and like, it's there's actually, there's books about it, it's crazy. So just going through things like that, and you're a kid, it's sort of like an un uncontrollable situation. So when I did go out, I'd go out with my friends and I'd end up drinking, like, so much. Taking cocaine, smoking um, marijuana. You would not want to speak to me. I was so angry and I would, like, I'd been arrested for fighting and all kinds of things throughout my life. So when I was first invited to Life Skills group by my mother, she'd invite, I was like, oh, what, another churchy thing? Go away, Mum. No. And Mum was praying for months for me to come. And then one day I was like, oh, right, I'll come. Just so you stop asking me. Like, so I just went in there with no expectations or anything. And um, it just made me realise how important I am to God. And I said the sinner's prayer and I gave my life to Christ. And I started to walk with Jesus. And it was like immediately, all my anxiety went. It was supernatural. It was so crazy. I've been through CBT. I've been maudsley. I've been through so every single type of psychiatry, like of anything you could think of counselling and all that stuff that there is and none of it had ever helped really and then I said that prayer and it was just all taken away and it felt like he took all that hurt out of my heart and literally just replaced it with his love. The sessions at CAP are brilliant, it helped with budgeting because we kept a, a diary of how much we were spending weekly and it made me realise all the money I was actually wasting on things that I did, ended up either throwing away or not using. Eating on a budget, using things you wouldn't usually use, making it go a lot further, stretching certain foods that you wouldn't realise that you could make. Like, for example, mints. Do you know how many meals you can make out of a bit of mints? It's just unreal. You wouldn't know. But until you come cap. They helped me to understand forgiveness to a... A level of where I could actually forgive people that I didn't even realise 
I needed to forgive. And I just forgive everyone of all of them things and sort of forgive myself in the process. I love it and it's amazing what it does for people, just having that community and those people there just to, that you won't usually speak to or even know. You meet people and you learn things from them that you would never usually know or people you would never speak to usually. And it does, it makes a real, it just made a real big difference in my life. Yeah, give me some purpose. Everyone's like, wow, Alice, like, what's happened to you? Like, you are so different. And I was like, you know, when you first give your life, you know, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, that's what's happened to me. So I was just praising him and through that, I got baptised and everyone see that and they was like, I want some of that. So everyone invited Jesus into their life, my whole family come church. That's my great, my grandmother, mama, my mother, me and my daughter. So that's four generations saved through CAP, through life skills. So yeah, it's amazing. My daughter, since going to church and doing Sunday school, has given her that really solid foundation that um, you could only get by, go, by knowing God and Jesus. That's the only way you can get it. And she's actually turned into a little evangelizer herself. So yeah, she's sort of telling all the kids in her, in her class like how much Jesus loves them and stuff. And it's just amazing. From Coming from a six-year-old, it's just amazing. She said, Mum, I know I've got Daddy, and I love Daddy, but... I've also got God and he's my heavenly father and he's the best daddy ever. Yeah. Oh, don't. <laughs>Since going to CAP Life Skills and giving my life to Christ, it's completely changed my life in every single area for the better. And I've trained to be a life skills coach myself so I can help many more people. Yeah. For the glory of God. That's all it's about. Amen. <laughs>
who have come along to the life skills group here who can actually share for themselves about the difference that you have made in their lives. And that will happen. And that is something to look forward to. So what I want to do is just ask, first of all, Ali and Lorna to stand. Okay, so we've got Ali and Lorna. So these are the, the manager and coach for the, the, the life skills group that is going to be here. And I know that they're building a team around them. But I do want to just think about the others who have already been involved with CAPS. So could Winston, Donald and Sandra stand as well? And if you have been involved as a befriender or supporting CAP in some way through the debt center or already signed up to the life skills group, could you please stand as well? And I know there are some of you, so if you've been involved, I know there are a few of you. So I just want to say thank you to all of you folk who have been involved. And I imagine that again in a year's time or even a few months time, if I was to ask people to get to their feet to say who's involved, I think there'll be a few more of you standing to your feet as well. So what I'd like to do is just really honor these guys um, in all that they do. Thank you. Thank you. So it is a privilege for us as CAP to be able to partner with you here in Balnahinch. And some of you may be thinking, well, how can I get involved with Ali and Lorna? Because they are building a team around them. Their first course is going to be launching on the 13th of March. So that's a date to be putting in your diary. And you may be thinking, well, I, I really do want to get involved, but I'm not too sure what to do. If you've been challenged by anything you've heard this morning, please come and speak to Ali. But more than anything, even if you don't have time to give at this stage, will you pray? Because everything we do is built on the foundation of prayer. It's not going to happen without you praying. And I'm sure Ali would be more than willing to share with you <laughs> things that specifically need to be prayed about. But be praying about that date on the 13th of March as they begin. Maybe you've been challenged as well to stand with us financially as we do this work. All of that we do in CAP. We have 29,000 people who we call life changers because through what they give, lives are literally changed. And you can do that through a monthly donation. And uh, if you, that is something that you feel that God has spoken to you about this morning. You've got some leaflets on your seats and you can bring those to Ali, myself or Winston at the table just on your way out this morning. But please think about that because nothing of what we do would happen without people who say, do you know what? I want to stand with you and I want to give. Whether that's 10 pounds or five pounds, it's just people who are identifying with what we're, uh, what we're doing. So thank you so much for in having me this morning. And I do look forward to the stories that we're going to hear. And I look forward to how you're going to see things changing in your church, just as you open the doors in another way. You're already doing so much, but in this additional way to seeing lives changed. Gillian.